Hey, ciao, hola, bonjour, ni hao, all that good stuff. Uh, this is Adam, and you are listening to Mile High Stash, the podcast that asks what five albums you would take to a remote Colorado cabin in the event of a zombie apocalypse. Um, I was playing a show with uh, Clay Rose of Gasoline Lollipops, a few nights ago, and a very nice woman who is a regular Mile High Stash listener asked me who the guest is this week. Um, I did let her know that it's actually two people, but I don't think I did a great job explaining to her why this episode is so special to me. Um, some people know me as a writer and um, a podcast host. Some people think I just play the drums in a bunch of bands, and some people probably including my kid, uh, pretty accurately think I'm an idiot. But um, some people actually, and I've never talked about this on the show, um, just know me as someone who's worked in veterans' disability law for the last 12 years, um, helping veterans fight the VA to get the benefits they deserve. I thought today I'd finally talk about that. Um, I work for attorney Sean Kendall, in Boulder. Um, Sean is one of the most experienced veterans, disability attorneys in the United States. And um, even though I work in an office, which uh, I never thought I would do, it feels at least slightly punk rock, at least slightly what uh, Joe Strummer taught me as a, as a teenager, because we fight the clampdown, the government. Uh, and my guests today are a father and son named Craig and Jerry Shaw, who I flew to uh, Los Angeles to interview recently about their love of music and uh, their history of military service and um, subsequent disability. Um, Jerry, who was in his 80s and used to be a cop and was in a, a bluegrass band called The Pluckin' Pigs, if you can believe it, uh, really surprised me with one of his Mile High Stash choices. Picking a musician, he said, is uh, long-haired and tatted up just like me, if that gives you a clue. Um, anyway, I really hope you enjoy my chat with Craig and Jerry Shaw. And also, send any veterans in need to vetlawusa.com, and we'll see if it's something we can help with. Um, also, I'm playing drums with Rolling Harvest this Saturday afternoon. August 12th at Breckenridge Brewing in Littleton, and I hope to see you there. All right, we'll talk after my chat with Craig and Jerry Shaw, and these words from our veteran-owned Mile High Stash sponsor today, The Dab. The Dab is a veteran-owned dispensary with seven locations in Colorado, owned and operated by Lance Perryman. The Dab offers everything from flour and edibles to pre-rolls, rosin, and accessories like pipes, paper, and pens. Whether you're in search of exotic flour or chill CBD, head to a Dab location in Denver, Aspen, Glenwood Springs, Louisville, or even Parachute, Colorado today, or order at thedab303.com. Don't forget to mention this episode of Mile High Stash in the next 30 days at any Dab location to receive 10% off your purchase. Okay, so we are here in sunny, actually pretty hot, Burbank, California. Although on a, on a, on the map it says Northridge. It says Northridge. Yeah. So we're in Northridge. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Craig Shaw, you were born in in Burbank, right? Uh, I have to refer to my dad. I'm not sure if it's Burbank or the old Encino. Let me ask him. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, Dad, where where was I born? Joseph's. St. Yeah. Joseph's Hospital. When I was a kid, um, all I knew of this area was that uh, the Tonight Show, I believe. With Johnny with, Carson? Yeah, yeah, with Carson and then... And what's his name? The big guy. Leno? Oh, oh Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you were born um, in what year? 1960. 1960. July 29. What was it like growing up in Southern California in the 60s? Well, I had a really good time. I mean, I, I had a blast. Um, the, the worst 
the worst of it was was going to school because it was really during a very uh, as an anti-cop era mm. and and they I was very proud of my dad mm. and so when when they started their their verbiage about how horrible cops were mm -hmm. I would stand up and say my father they, how bad pigs are mm. and my father's a police officer he is not a pig and I mm. won't have you talking about him like that yeah well, the kids used to gang up on me and beat the crap out of me and roll me in the mud. And was horrible is the the teaching staff did nothing about it. Mm. They did nothing about it. And I finally I was they rolled me in the the teacher's flower bed one day, and she was she I'm going to suspend you for the kids rolling me in the flower freaking bed. Wow. And I said, I want to call my father. You can't call your father. I want to call my father. <laughs> Finally, I was able to call my dad and uh, get a hold of him and say, Dad, told him what the heck happened. And, and she said, if he comes here, I'm going to have him arrested. And I said, Dad, she's threatening to have you arrested if you come here. <laughs> and so I'm going to let him tell him because he did. He showed up. Wow. I just know you came and... And and yeah. I don't remember yeah. it. You yeah. slapped a gun on the table and your badge, and you said <laughs> handcuffs. Handcuffs. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, arrest me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It sounds like maybe these these childhood experiences toughened you up, though. Oh, heck then yeah. you went. How do you end up in the military? Well, there's two things that toughened me up. Okay. Those experiences, and my brother Scott, mm -hmm. who would come to my rescue, who would just smack <laughs> the crap out of me, trying to toughen me up, you yeah. know. And, but yeah. he would come and he would he would knock the snot out of kids that mm -hmm. you know uh, that ganged up on me. They like four or five kids at a time would jump me. Wow! And 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 he would just plow through them like. My brother Scott is one tough yeah. son of a gun. <laughs> it's, it sounds like you saw your brother as a, a superhero of sorts. He was. You know? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was. And you do seem to have a very vivid memory of, of your childhood, at least. I only have a few things from my childhood that I, re I remember that well. The you best know? memories I have were behind a boat named Gotcha. Mm -hmm. that my dad had. It was a flat bottom, and I forget the size of the boat, but it, the, the motor, but it was, a, was it a 428? Uh, 427. I was close, 427. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was hot, man. Yeah. He, he, he had these called hot stacks. Mm -hmm. He eventually, he burned his back, and he eventually <laughs> put water stacks out the back. <laughs> But we used to go water skiing, and mm. I'm telling you, we just had the, I forget all the places we went to, Powell and uh, Havasu, wow. and we went to the Colorado River, but I don't remember where else. But we just had the biggest time, the best yeah. time. And I, and I remember there were, there were times that we went to some of these places that the people acted really, really bad hmm. and my father straightened him out <laughs> <laughs> he's over there laughing yeah. <laughs> but he went yeah. over and straightened him out man i'm yeah. like yeah there's this one and my mom she's so cute there's this 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 kid he had a whole can of beer as i recall and he threw it and hit his his buddy in the nose and busted his nose and bleeding and all that. And he, he earned it. He deserved it. You know, there are mm -hmm. times when... And so my dad's going over and straightening out. His mom. Oh, that's a great photo of your mom. Yeah. During our water skiing days, yeah. that was her. Yeah. Wonderful. So he's straightening them out. And after he's straightening them out... My mom goes over and she's bringing him over and cupping him and taking him. 
I was, I it was so cute. It was funny. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, mom, dad just ripped into these guys, and you're, and you're, you're making them feel better. Mm. <laughs> my mom was the mm. sweetest, dearest mm. woman that ever walked on the face of mm. the earth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she passed away five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's wonderful to be. Um, um, even though I couldn't meet her, to be um, in this home that she decorated and, and, and feel like her her presence is... And it is. I feel yeah. that way, too. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Mom's left. She's here watching over us. Yeah. Yeah. You have an incredible memory of your childhood. It's so vivid. And then um, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so I could not be more opposite than growing up in Southern California in the 60s. So... It's 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 an incredible. Was it a rough memory. place? Um, there were some things that were rough about it, you know, but also just the landscape. You know, there were still a couple of the steel mills uh, and smoke in the sky, but nothing uh-huh. like it was. I mean, in the '60s in in Pittsburgh, they say you didn't know whether it was night or day. There was so much. Oh smoke. my! You know, yeah, yeah. After this sort of uh, vibrant childhood, what inspired you? To join the military, it sounds like right after high school. Well, there was a couple of things. I, my dad and I had a rough growing up. I, I was kind of a. I, I was just, I wasn't so much disobedient as I was. Thank you. <laughs> he thought I was an idiot. I was just always getting into trouble, and mm-hmm. and he was always correcting me. And it's this, this, you know, young old kind of mm. thing. And I was like, I'm getting out of here. And I'm, I was going to run away from, I ran away from home, mm. as I recall. And, um, oh, I know, oh, I was 17. I was 17, wasn't I? Yeah. And I tried to join the military, and I couldn't do it without his signature. Mm-hmm. And I said, then call him, he'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forged your signature. That's what it was. That's amazing. <laughs> but didn't they, so they still called you, didn't they? Really, I forge it, and they let me in. A lot of kids would have their, you know, their parents, or they would force the parents' signature to get out of going into the military. So, <laughs> so that's an incredible story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I joined then. And you ended up, um, up being, um, in the Air Force, or, or, or at least serving in some capacity for thirty-five years, or. Yeah, but like I, that. I was, I was. Uh, in uniform, mm-hmm. and then I went civilian, right, right, as well. Yeah. So I I got out of uniform services, like I should have stayed in, two weeks before I was going to sew on tech sergeant. Mm-hmm. But I I was like they wouldn't let me stay in uniform that long, and they said you're out. Yeah. So I got yeah. out as a staff, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I went into uh, civilian Air Force. Yeah. Where did you spend most of your time when you were in uniform? Oh, uh, they sent me everywhere. So I went to Egypt. Mm-hmm. I went to Italy. Um, I only got to stop in Hawaii uh, for a very, very short period of time, which mm-hmm. I wish they'd assigned me to Hawaii, but they didn't do it. Yeah. Um, but most of my time was spent in Italy and in... Um, in uh, Cairo. Wow. Did you um, did you glean much or, or embrace much of the culture, like the Italian culture? Or the... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I thought Italy was... I wish they'd have just left me yeah. in Italy. It was, they, they loved us. They treated us so good. Uh-huh. The food was great. Yeah. You know, I'm like... I that was such that was the and the and then the the history all the artifacts and the scenery of everything yeah. that was over there it's like incredible I thought Italy was my my favorite assignment Have you gone back ever since you No No I was, I was just saying the other day where I come from in Pittsburgh I didn't meet anyone who had ever left the United States except for my grandfather who served in World War II um, in the Navy. And so, and the only way that him and his friends who were very poor, you know, ever 
got to experience Europe was because they were serve, serving the military. And they never, it's not like they went back later in life. That was their chance to visit Europe, you know. In Egypt as well, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Egypt yeah. was a little warm. Yeah. <laughs> but it was incredible. Yeah. And they treated us so well. They loved us over there. Yeah. So this is um, late 70s. So I was born in 60. Yeah. 18, uh, 78, when I went in the military. Yeah. And and so it would probably be early 80s. Yeah. Yeah. So music is really what sparks a conversation for me. You know, it's, it's my... It's like oxygen to me. It's like the most important thing in my life. I so love music. Yeah. And baseball. That's the other thing that I love. But um, We love baseball, Yeah, too. that's great. We love Rockies. Yeah, the Rockies are no good. <laughs> Last night, I got to go to my first Dodgers game at Dodger Stadium. Oh, my. Spent and watched them lose. Ugh. It was a good game, at least. Yeah. Extra, extra innings. Um, but I'm just thinking, late 70s, early 80s, there was... Punk rock and new wave and all these things, but you were into in the country and right? bluegrass. How did that happen? Was that inspired by? Well, your, I just dad? gravitated towards the country and the. I I wish I could. Re- so what? And the festivals. Yeah. And I can't remember their names. The country gentlemen. What was? I can't remember their names. But he was a great guy, Charlie Waller. What a good man. Hmm. What a good man. And and he came over here and <laughs> and I remember he asked mom something about uh wanting some corn. Do you have a, are there do you have any Oh no 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 I wanted some I meant playing chords. I mean playing chords, you know? Oh cards. Cards, yeah. Playing yeah. chords. Yeah. <laughs> she thought he wanted pants. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> There's a question that I ask everybody on my show um, on the podcast, and that is, um, if you were stranded in the mountains um, in Colorado in a cabin, and there was nothing there but food and water and and like a crank powered Victrola, the old record player, what five albums would you want there with you? Um, you know, but. You can just name five artists that you really love. Neil you know. Diamond. Neil Diamond. Ah, oh, crackling rosy get on board. We gonna ride till there ain't no more. Why Neil Diamond? Oh, I just love the guy's music. He's yeah. just not not even that my 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 brother in law mm-hmm. used to play guitar and all that yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. I just think Neil Diamond's a most incredible uh, artist. Loved the guy's music. Yeah, uh, but it'd be uh, Neil Diamond, and it would be, uh, but it'd be mostly it'd be country and yeah. Well, you mentioned this guy that I had never heard of, and then I realized I've, I'm at least familiar with him. Tom T. Hall. Oh, yeah. Tom T. Hall is... He is such a storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And to be in the Los Angeles, I don't know, metropolitan area, as we are right now, uh, there's a Tom T. Hall song called L.A. Blues that's really, really great. And I was listening to that this morning. Huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All my California friends are searching for their mind, and it's been right there in their heads all the time. LA Blues, LA Blues. So that's two. You got three more? Uh, Reba McIntyre. Nice. She's yeah. really good. Yeah. I like yeah. Reba. Yeah. And um, I think she's really great. And yeah. then there's. Uh, uh, Johnny Cash mm-hmm. and his daughter, Roseanne. Roseanne Cash. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think she's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I've seen her do um, a duet with her dad. Wow, now, he's no longer alive. Yeah. yeah, and so he's up on the screen and she's singing with her dad. 
Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it is such a beautiful, beautiful yeah. piece of work. It sounds like music has been not only something that you love, but that you've bonded with your family over as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver. Uh, but he had a couple others with him too. There's Doyle and Charlie. Billy Yates, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, the country gentleman. <laughs> and your family would go to see uh, live music when you were growing up? I think we did. I'm not, I'm trying to remember though which what we went. We went to a bluegrass festival. Oh, yeah. that's what yeah. it was. <laughs> bluegrass festivals. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember the Virginia trip. Yeah. Virginia and Colorado are are definitely homes of bluegrass. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas where we're sitting right now is associated more with, you know, uh, the Doors or the Beach Boys, you know. Oh, I love the so, Beach Boys. Yeah. What did it mean to be um, in the military for you? And, um, you know, it seems like if it wasn't something that uh, mattered to you, you wouldn't have stayed associated with it for so I long. I felt very proud and honored yeah. that I was able to serve. Yeah. I thought, what an incredible blessing. Mm -hmm. To be able to put on my uniform for this nation and yeah. and serve, yeah, I, I could. I was like, I can't believe everyone doesn't want to do this. Hmm. It was the greatest experience in my life, and I wish I could do it all over again. Well, thank you for your service. I always say two things before I start an interview with somebody, and I didn't say those things so. One of them is, is there is there anything off-limits that you don't want me to share or ask about? Nope. Not really. Um, and the second thing is that I stutter. You know, I have a... I have a uh, it's very, very a, minimal. A stammer. Yeah. And I've noticed it, but it's yeah. very minimal. Sometimes um, if I don't say that then, and I'm trying to, like, hide it, then it gets worse. But, you know... So the worst experience that I had, mm. I had this most beautiful, beautiful commander. She's just like little tiny girl. Mm. She was like four foot eleven, mm. tiny little lady named Captain Terry Walter Lee. And every there wasn't a guy in the unit that wouldn't just die for. Her. And she had a husband. And I remember I launched him out. I worked on his F sixteen. Mm. And I launched him out mm. and he was in flight. And he sucked what's called an engine inlet seal. And he sucked it in to his engine. Mm. And his aircraft blew up oh my in God. flight. And he was lost. Wow. He couldn't get out of the aircraft. And he was wow. he was killed. And I'm telling you, that was the worst experience. Yeah. And and the fact that I'd launched him out, I'm the one that put him in the aircraft and launched him out. And I have never, I'll never forget that for the wow. rest of my life. Wow, I'm so sorry that you experienced that. That yeah, that, well, I was sorrier that he that he died and left Captain Terry with with her husband gone. That yeah. was that was worse. But the whole unit surrounded her and yeah. took care of her, and she was the most beloved commander yeah. that I had ever experienced in my life, and I'd had a few. Yeah. I think that those of us who haven't served in the military just uh, can never understand, you know, a, a story like that. That's so sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were a few experiences where, I mean, I was, I was there when our uh, our base was attacked mm -hmm. by Saddam Hussein and Muammar mm -hmm. Gaddafi, and we had Marines guarding our base. And uh, and there was such a firefight. There were there were quite a few people who were killed. Mm -hmm. Mostly, it was Marines, mm -hmm. and, and and then all the bad guys. And I had never experienced death mm -hmm. like I did that day. And I was thankful to God that we had Marines guarding our base. Yeah. Who were willing to lay their lives down to keep us safe. Yeah. Fortunately, not too many of them died. Mostly the bad guys died. Mm -hmm. But I had never in my life seen a firefight. And that was, I was like, 
oh my god that was that was a hell of an experience yeah uh, technically you know you are a veteran who served during peacetime but that wasn't pe- that wasn't peaceful that wasn't very so, peaceful was it <laughs> yeah so you have experienced combat when you think about it yes sir yeah yeah and um stop me if this isn't something that you would want to share with the world but um um some of your service connected uh, disabilities are from a vaccination yeah Smallpox inoculation, yeah. given two years mm-hmm. after smallpox was eradicated off the earth. Wow. And the VA decided, because I was going to Egypt, they were going to do it anyways. Yeah. And it's what caused me to get the multiple sclerosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, some people have service-connected uh, mental health or service-connected, um, you know, back or shoulder or, or arm, you know, but you have a... Wide array. Wide array of these things. Both hips replaced. Yeah. I uh, broke my neck in a traffic accident. Mm-hmm. And uh, my kidneys are flemeshed. It's my, I think they're just no good. Yeah. And you've been service-connected. And my lumbar from my right. L1 through L4 is kind of... That's all screwed up. I've had to have what's called laminectomies. Yeah. You know what that is? It's where they take Uh, the discs out. Right, right, right. So I'm sitting on bone on bone. Yeah. And you have been service-connected on some level since since you left active service, it sounds like. How long did it take you to get your 100%? You know, it took a while, and, and Sean was instrumental and me getting that. So they they mm. only they only had me down at uh, 20 or 30% mm. service disabled. Yeah. And and I was re- but I'm with a busted neck and yeah. and uh, my my lumbar screwed up and my hip screwed up, my left knee, mm-hmm. my left ankle. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, it took a while but but Sean was able to uh, wheedle, needle, and pry yeah, yeah. 100% out of them. Yeah. Well, you talked a little about yeah. what it means to be All right. All a right. veteran. And um, I wanted to ask you um, as well what it meant to find a veteran's attorney. And as you said, someone who will fight, fight for me. <laughs> Fight the VA. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, I was so thankful mm. that Sean came into my life. Mm. That without him, I probably wouldn't be more than 30% the rest of my life. Yeah. That if it wasn't for Sean, um, I, I couldn't have ever become 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Sean is my hero mm. after my dad. Wow. Wow. There are so many veterans who file claims for disability and get denied or get a, um, a rating or a f- effective date that they're not happy with who um, don't know that it's even possible to uh, a- a- appeal, let alone know that someone like uh, Sean Kendall is out there. You know, So it's great to hear that it worked out. I'm telling you, you know. he, for the rest of my life, both you and Sean will be in my prayers. Oh, thank you so much. Well, on top of the wonderful family, and you also get to live in what Chuck Berry called the promised land of, you know, Southern California. So, I liked Chuck Berry, by you the way. You Chuck Berry, too? Yeah. You can add that to the list. Yeah. Um, um, I'd like you to sit down now, and maybe I'll ask you some questions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Jerry Shaw, what was your nickname again? 415? The ship I was on? No, your police nickname. 415 Shaw. 415 Shaw, yeah. 415 being the penal code in the state of California for disturbing the peace. Yeah. (laughs) Where were you born? Los Angeles. 
In the city of Los Angeles? I was born in the city of L.A. Yeah. Yeah. and moved to North Hollywood when I was about a month old. And how many generations of Southern Californians do we have in the Shaw family now? In the Shaw family? Yeah. Well, my grandparents immigrated from Odessa, Russia, mm. which is now the Ukraine. Yeah. And so I got one, two, three, four, wow. four generations. What is it about this area that just... The, we're all stupid and haven't <laughs> moved out yet to Colorado. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The beach is nice, though. We don't have the, we don't have the beach in Colorado. The advantage to this area is just what you said, mm -hmm. the uh, geography. Yeah. Uh, you can sometimes during the year, I just saw in the news, they're still skiing, snow skiing, at the top of Mammoth Mountain, hmm. which is about f four hours away from here. Yeah. So on yeah. any given weekend... You can go snow skiing, or you can go water skiing, yeah. or you can go fishing like I did last weekend. Or go see it's, the Dodgers. It's, or you can go see the Dodgers. Go to the beach. Yeah. Irritate you once in a while. Yeah. But as long yeah. as they win two out of every three games, I'm not worried yet. But With that payroll, they should win at least oh two out of every God, three. Oh, my God. Can yeah. you believe yeah. that? And yeah. then when they take yeah. on Otani, yeah. anyway, we're getting yeah, off might. the subject. Uh <laughs> It has a lot of activity, but without getting into it, uh, nobody in my family is happy with the politics in mm. the state of California. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, short of that, and I don't care to go into that yeah, because yeah, yeah. That's a, I could talk forever about that. <laughs> but the state has a lot to offer. Yeah, yeah. How did you end up in the military? Pretty much the same way Craig did. Mm -hmm. I ran away from home, but I didn't have the uh, the huevos to go out on my own. I said, "Well, I can I can get away from I I wanted to get away from my family." Yeah. Without going into it, my uh, my mom worked for some pretty bad people. My mom and dad got divorced. Mm -hmm. My mom uh, worked for Bugsy Siegel, and after mm. he got blown away, she worked for him in Las Vegas. Wow. And then she worked for Mickey Cohen here in California, and and I had a different attitude of what I wanted out of life, and mm. I wanted to get away. I was heading down a road of destruction. Mm-hmm. And I felt I was becoming a drunk, and mm. I was 17 years old. Yeah. And it wasn't a good environment, and I made a decision to get out. Yeah. So I joined the Navy. Mm. And then the day before I went in the Navy, I met my wife on a blind date. Yeah. And the next day before I went in the Navy, I took her out to breakfast, came home, gave my mom her phone number, and said, don't lose this, I'm going to marry her. Mm -hmm. Two years later, we got married, and we managed to stay together for almost 60 years before she passed away. Yeah, yeah. And you, um, you told me earlier that you were lucky enough to serve in between the yes. Korean War and the Vietnam War. I graduated yeah. high school in 1956, uh -huh. went in the Navy in 1956, September, yeah. Three months after I graduated high school, and I got out of the Navy in 1959, two years before Vietnam started. And where did you serve? I served on the—I got out of boot camp. I went to Great Lakes, Illinois for uh, six months. I uh, went to machinist mate school, got sent back here to San Diego— Mm -hmm. and went aboard the USS Rowan, DD-782, mm -hmm. a destroyer. Wow. I was a machinist mate, worked in the engine room for three years, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And how long did it take you after 
after your discharge to file a claim for benefits? To file a claim with the yeah. VA? Yeah. Oh, forever and a day. I didn't <laughs> know I had a problem. Right, right. I have asbestosis, but I guess it was 30-some-odd years. I don't know, remember now. Mm. You probably have the date. But uh, a long time after I got out of the Navy, I, I was really having trouble breathing. Mm -hmm. And I finally went to the doctor, and the doc said, you got fluid buildup in your chest caused by asbestosis, mm -hmm. which I sucked in a bunch of... of uh, asbestos dust for mm -hmm. two and a half years all the pipes in the on the ship all the steam pipes were all wrapped with asbestos yeah to uh, and so i did the filing myself i just went on the computer and i filed and mm -hmm. they gave me a 10 percent thing yeah and it was no big deal i figured that's what it is except it kept getting worse mm -hmm. and worse and about in april of this year i had a plural th thesis i can't think what the name of it is but they went in and they drained all the fluid and they fixed the damage that was in there and and now it's back again, right now while we're talking. But it isn't yeah. what they fix. Now it's inside my lungs. Hmm. So, and that's what I gave you the paper yeah. for there. But uh, I got out of the Navy in '59. I probably filed that in. Kind of, you you've got the date, but it was the early 2020s somewhere, wow. 19. I, I don't remember when I filed it, a couple years or three years ago. But because it got worse, mm. I've now contacted Sean because of Craig. Yeah. And hopefully Sean can help me out. And I'm sure yeah. he will. That's what we do. Yeah. I mean, we have this. But I got to also tell you, the yeah. VA has been very good to me. Yeah. And I went in and I actually filed. I'm now a VA patient except I'm still using Cedars-Sinai as my primary because... VA choice. Well, they kept my wife alive for 10 years longer, and she was supposed to live. They did a Whipple surgery on me. Yeah. Our surgeon has become a family friend. Oh, wow. And uh, I am very uh, devoted to Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. Is that the I also have a pulmonologist mm -hmm. at the VA yeah. who has indicated I should get a bigger disability than I got. Mm -hmm. And that's why I went to Sean, because yeah. the VA suggested I do this. Yeah. Yeah. And now we have this thing called uh, VA Choice because of John McCain and other people, you know, where you don't have to wait and wait and wait for the VA to see you. You, know, you can go anywhere. Yeah. And, yeah. They pay for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. And they've done that with yeah. with Craig. He yeah. had his hip surgery at uh, Northridge at mm -hmm. uh, Trauma Center, and they took care of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what about you and your five artists or five albums? What are what about me? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Country Gentlemen are a Grammy Award-winning bluegrass band. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Waller was a friend that uh, we wound up picking with. I had a, uh, I had a bluegrass group when I was a police officer, when I was a sergeant, mm -hmm. named the Pluckin' Pigs. And mm -hmm. one of them in the group also owned the Blue Ridge Pickin' Parlor, which mm -hmm. was a bluegrass music store here in Chatsworth. Mm -hmm. And the gentlemen, the country gentlemen, were coming out to play at Norco, and Ken contacted their manager, and they brought their bus and stayed outside Ken's house, mm -hmm. and we went over, and I actually got to pick with the country gentleman. That's great. One of the members was a guy named Doyle Lawson, who played mandolin, and he eventually left, 
and became Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver, mm -hmm. another Grammy award-winning band that has got several Grammys for bluegrass gospel music. And I'm probably the only Jew on earth that <laughs> loves bluegrass gospel music. And it's one of my favorite music. So Country Gentleman and Doyle Lawson are one and two. Mm -hmm. uh, I like Daly and Vincent, which is another, do you know bluegrass bands? Some. Daly and Vincent. Yeah. Vincent was part of the Vincent family. Mm -hmm. Rhonda Vincent and Daly Vincent are brother and sisters. They're both award, uh, Grammy award winning entertainers. Mm -hmm. But now Daly is, I mean, Vincent is now Daly and Vincent. Mm -hmm. And Rhonda Vincent is now Rhonda Vincent and Rage. Mm. And then probably the fifth one is a brand new kid on the on the block, looks a lot like you, huh. long hair and tatted on up and all this stuff. I hope he's and handsome. Does not look like a bluegrass yeah. musician, but he is, and he's probably one of the best guitar players in the world. You're talking and about his Billy Strings. Name is Billy Strings. All right. I've seen him play in Oh, I love that Colorado. kid. Yeah. I've got so yeah. oh, I'm yeah. glad you heard him. Yeah, yeah. Now he did if you've listened to I'm sorry. If no, you've listened good. to Billy Strings, have you heard Molly Tuttle? I interviewed her on this show. This thing th They're my this, two yeah, favorite yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. guitar pickers right now. Yeah. Molly Tuttle was um the guest on this podcast two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. She's very nice. Well, yeah, I think wonderful. she is, and not yeah. only is she an outstanding musician mm -hmm. and an outstanding singer, she's a heck of a songwriter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's got all three going for her. I think she's going to be around for a long, long time. Yeah. So is Billy Strings, both yeah. of them. You need to interview Billy on this thing, I, I would like to, yeah. I'd like to meet both yeah. of them. Yeah. Molly is from uh, Palo Alto. Yes, she's yeah, from yeah. north with the tree. Yeah. Her song, yeah, the tree, yeah, yeah, came, yeah. came from, yeah. Well, that's great. It's, it sounds like you've loved that kind of music for a long time. Well, let me, let me tell you that uh, everybody thinks if you're in law enforcement, you're in love with guns. Hmm. I, live my, I, I worked the tactical unit of the Los Angeles Police Department. The tactical unit is Metropolitan Division. SWAT, the counter assault team, the canine mm -hmm. units, the dogs, the horses, crime suppression. We work with Secret Service protecting the President of the United States. Mm -hmm. But to me, the gun was a tool, no different than the flashlight. Mm -hmm. It was to be used when it was needed. Yeah. My first love is music and guitars and mandolins. I own four guitars, one mandolin. I, uh, I, I, when I retired, they always give cops that retire a, a brand new gun. Mm. When I retired, they gave me a flat iron mandolin. That's fantastic. Because they knew my love was music, not guns. Yeah. Yeah. So music is, I wanted to be a cop when I went in the Navy. The other thing, because I had a country band in the Navy, a bunch of sailors mm -hmm. had a band. And I either wanted to be a cop or a musician. I'm glad I became, I took the cop route because being a musician, looking at Bill, my not son-in-law, yeah. the life he lives, it is a bear. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He lives from day, he does well. I mean, he was Neil Diamond's bass player, yeah. you know. It's a lot of buses. But, and he, buses he now has a, his band that he had is now the Loving Spoonful. Mm -hmm. He's traveling all over the United States as the Loving Spoonful. 
and he's leaving next month to go to London. Mm -hmm. They called him. He's recording five songs in uh, four days at Abbey Road's recording studio. Nice. Which is to a musician like St. Andrews is to yeah, a goal. Yeah. My first love today is music, not anything else. Yeah. I, I love it. I like old-time country. I like I don't like Hank Williams Jr. No. I yeah. love Hank Williams Sr. I like Merle Haggard. Mm -hmm. Hank Williams III was a punk rock musician, and he right. was really good right. too. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Well, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple. Uh, Lester Flatt's mm. son has a rock ga uh, band. Mm. My grandson plays guitar bass his main instrument is drums mm. he plays in two bands one of them i won't even uh, i call it puke music that's <laughs> scream music where yeah. there is no way you can understand the yeah. words that they're saying i i just right. i ridicule him for it but <laughs> then he also has a, and he teaches drums so, yeah yeah i'm into music Obviously, yeah. I retired from the police department yeah. in 1987, uh -huh. and after 25 years, mm -hmm. and I had a security company and an investigation company, which mm -hmm. I, I sold the security company in 2021 to some people in the East Coast that wanted a foothold here, and mm -hmm. they had five other security companies. I still have my investigation company. So I did that, but that was a job. Music was right. my life. Yeah, yeah. And your family. And my family. Yeah, that's my clear. My daughter plays guitar yeah. and sings. Yeah. He put my Craig plays banjo, guitar. I never heard him sing, thank God. <laughs> uh, but my granddaughter, my da my daughter's daughter. The guy I talked to you about, his sister, mm -hmm. Hannah, she plays guitar, piano, sings, writes music, has just finished videoing four of the songs she wrote. She's putting them out on wherever. Hmm. She's really good. Put people wherever. What's they, her name? Hannah Curran. Her name now is Hannah Agajanian. Yeah. It was Hannah Curran. Is that what she uses? I think she's going by Han I don't know. I think she's going by Hannah Curran. But she's pushing mm -hmm. to get her music out. That's great. She's written four great songs. Hmm. One of them about my wife and I. Yeah, that's beautiful. That I got the lyrics and the CD up on mm -hmm. the wall. Mm -hmm. And the den will show it to nice. you when this is over. Yeah. Quite a talented lady. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for hosting me in your home and and for sharing all of that, you know. And you'll have to come out to Colorado sometime, too. That would be I'd fun. love to. Yeah, I love Colorado. I just drove through it. Yeah. I, uh, when I sold the company, I bought that motorhome. I saw that. I was wondering there. if it was yours. I, and I just made a 7,000-mile trip. Wow. All by myself. Wow. And I went to Arizona and Colorado. I went across the United States. I went to Virginia. I went to North Car South Carolina and picked with some friends. I mm -hmm. went to North Carolina, picked with some friends. I wound up going to the Opry two nights and nice. seeing both Daly and Vincent one night and Rhonda Vincent the next mm -hmm. night. Then I'd made the trip of my life. I went up to South Dakota to, to I'm sorry, to Kentucky, mm -hmm. to Owensboro, Kentucky, to the Bluegrass Music Hall of Fame wow. and museum. And after I did the tour, the lady running the place asked me if I wanted to come back and pick in a sitting session they were having. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, I went out to my motorhome got my guitar, came back, and for two and a half hours mm -hmm. I played at the Bluegrass Music Hall of Fame and Museum, which was the highlight of my life. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I made a heck of a trip, but uh, I forgot why I told you that. Because it was great? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was a good time. I got back. I was gone for uh, six weeks, drove 7,000 miles. Had a great time. Yeah. All music and orange. And at night, I'd stop at these RV places, mm -hmm. camps, and I'd, pick my, I'd be picking my guitar or mandolin, one or the other, and people would come up that also had in, mm -hmm. and we'd sit and we'd have little picking sessions. Wow. Yeah. Had a good time. Yeah. It sounds like you're trying to use every moment. Well, I'm yeah. 84 years old. Yeah. I yeah. only don't have a whole lot of moments left, so I'm yeah. doing as much as I can in whatever time I got left. Exactly. I think he might have a few more. My grandma lived to 102. Wow. Yeah. And she yeah. was in pretty good shape all those years. Yep. Yeah. And I think he's going to live a few more years. Well, thanks again, and... and um, Next time you drive across the country, make sure to stop. Oh, that's Boulder. why I told you I drove across the Colorado Rockies. Oh, yeah. What yeah. a gorgeous, mm. go miserable flight. The switchbacks and all that. Yeah. But, God, how beautiful. Yeah, mm. I mm. loved it. And I made it a point to acknowledge that in my brain. And I'm going to go back there and spend a few days in the mountains. Yeah. I like the mountains. I yeah. like fishing and I like camping. That was the amazing father and son duo, Craig and Jerry Shaw, in beautiful uh, Northridge, California, who were nice enough to host me in their um, home uh, to talk about music and their military service and a lot more. Um, thanks to the DAB as well for their generous support of this episode. Uh, next week's Mile High Stash is my birthday episode, and your guest host interviewing me is Clay Rose of Gasoline Lollipops. See you next Monday, as usual. Go back to Montreal.